Toilet door locked. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the Big Finish podcast. <laughs> Hello, I'm Nick Briggs. And I'm Joe Smith. Well, that's cause for celebration. Big finish, big finish, big finish. We are the purveyor of fine audiobooks and audio drama. Things like Doctor Who, Blake Seven, Torchwood, Bernice Summerfield, Sherlock Holmes, The Avengers, Countermeasures, The Omega Factor, Survivors, Iris Wildtime, The Confessions of Dorian Gray, 2000 AD, Dark Shadows, Terror Hawks, Night of the Triffids, Pathfinder Legends, Graceless, Vienna, The Sigmund Freud Files, and The Prisoner. Joe, did I miss anything out? To, to my knowledge, I think we're all sorted. I bet there's some stuff there, some Probably. brilliant stuff that we haven't mentioned. Did we said the Avengers. We said the Avengers. Did we say the Avengers, Steve and Mrs. Peel? The Avengers. Have we done all the sub-branches? <laughs> Come on, go through it properly. Doctor <laughs> Who, The Companion Chronicles. <laughs> Doctor Who, Dark Eyes. Dalek Empire. Oh, Cyberman. Oh. Ah, And coming up in this podcast, in a moment, the latest news from Big Finish and read by Joe Smith. Hooray! <laughs> and that'll be followed by emails from our lovely listeners and probably read out by Joe Smith. Hooray! <laughs> well, he's happy about it anyway. Then it'll be time for a chat all about Doctor Who, the Companion Chronicles and short trips with producer Ian Atkins. Yes, he is what is passing for our guest interview <laughs> in this edition. <laughs> So first up, the news. So we've had three massive releases this week in the worlds of Doctor Who. We've had Doctor Who and You Will Obey Me, featuring Peter Davison and Jeffrey Beavis, the first part of our Two Masters trilogy. How exciting is that? Very, I would say. We've also had time travel shenanigans in Doctor Who Legacy of Death, where Tom Baker and Lana Ward are on a planet where... People are having a war with their own pasts. Good grief. And it's also got canine in it. So, you know, everything you could possibly want. What's not to like? Absolutely. And finally, there's been Doctor Who Nightshade, based on the book by Mark Gatiss and starring Sylvester McCoy, Sophie Aldred, and some other people who are all very good. And it's a fantastic um, adaptation of the New Adventure book. So do download it immediately. Yes. Under pain or, of doom. <laughs> or buy the CD, either or way. Buy the CD. In fact, if you buy the CD, you get a digital download. So best For of free. Yes. Yes. There you go. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, in other news that will possibly be covered later on anyway, Wendy Bradbury has recorded a new short trip. Ian Potter's The British Invasion sees a huge metal dome appearing on the banks of the Thames. Inside is a device that could change humanity's future, but the TARDIS is unwilling to help the Doctor. I can reveal exclusively that that is not dealt with later. Oh, excellent. So that, that, so was, that was a good How about this one? Because Wendy Papri will also be appearing in Doctor Who, The Companion Chronicles, The Second Doctor, Volume 2. Hopefully without you know a slightly less long title, because that will really dry my throat up. Um, David- <laughs> Have a glass of water. I shall! I just wait for Joe to have a little bit of water. Ah, <laughs> delicious. Um, David Bartlett's The Integral 
uh, is the title of the story. Or in, integral. The inter, integral. Yeah, well, that's what Ian says Int- l- later on in this podcast. Integral. Amazingly, I can see into the future. Okay, integral. It's, uh, okay, well, we'll call it that then. Uh, this, 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 sto- this untitled story <laughs> says the doctors struggle to help Jamie and Zoe resolve their differences while defending Aspen Base from an alien siege. How exciting. A base under siege. Yes, in the no. second Doctor era. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? Brilliant. Uh, and excitingly, possibly today, possibly tomorrow, possibly never, but sometime, more short trips will be announced soon, including the very first short trip special. And more on why that's so special very, very soon. Ooh, that is good. Is that the end of the news? That's the end of the immediate news, yes, unless you want some new trailers. Oh, go on. Uh, so, coming up in... May, we're going to have Doctor Who, The Gallery of Ghouls. The Gallery of Ghouls. Written by Anna Barnes, starring Tom Baker, Lila Ward and Celia Imery. Set in a haunted waxworks or something. Or something. Let's have a listen to that or something. Ah, 1833. G-O-O-L-E. And his gallery of G-H-O-U-L-S. Ghouls Gallery of Ghouls. Clever. Madame Tissot's wax exposition at the New Town Hall... All week till 10 p.m. The owner of another waxworks? It is gone! The head is gone! Stolen! The doctor! Seize him! Hold him! Please, ladies and gentlemen, I've stolen nothing, let alone the head of Marie Antoinette. Summon a constable! A crime has been committed! Unlike your entirely sensitive recreations of the bloodiest episodes in history. There is a rival exposition in town, newly arrived for a short season. Who is it? Madame Tissot. I admit, I am curious to see what it is all about, this good gallery that so distracts from my own exposition. But it's not safe for you. Down here, Madame Tissot. Down into the cellar of terror. The cellar of... That's what the sign says anyway. What? Big finish. We love stories. Very good. What else? Fantastic. Trailer-wise. Uh, fantastically early. For a, This is a trailer for an August 2016 release for Doctor Who, The New Adventures of Bernie Summerfield, Volume 3, The Unbound Universe. Oh, yes. This is featuring Lisa Bauman as the universe's greatest archaeologist, Bernie Summerfield, along with David Warner as the Unbound Doctor and Sam Kishgart as the Master. That's Mark Gates, all right. We might Don't say it loud, he might shout at us again. <laughs> Who shouted? I don't know, via email, probably. He's alive. Now we can reveal that Mark Gates is a good reason for buying it, surely. Fantastic. He's brilliant in it. He, he absolutely is. And, and you'll hear him in this trailer. <laughs> Play it. Am I addressing... Professor Summerfield. Oh, it's a lazy Susan with you lot these days. Which one are you? Oh, you're fun. Which one am I? The wrong one. Professor Summerfield, I need you. Take my hand, quickly. Hey! Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who, the new adventures of Bernie Summerfield. Professor Bernie Summerfield, archaeologist. The Doctor, intergalactic adventurer, saviour of planets, king of the universe, etc, etc. I have a card if you'd like one. Doctor!
child, look around you. This universe is dying. Okay, so how long have we got? Until the stars grow cold, the planets crumble, and every last atom is torn apart. <sighs> Around about tea time. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. All are welcome to the library. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Bottoms up. Yeah, whatever. You glow, Bernice. You shine. A woman who faces death with a glass in her hand and a smile on her lips. It was wonderful. A polite word to the pursuing fighters. You can shoot at me as much as you like, but I'm faster, determined, and in a contrary mood. So, I'm not going to let you stop me now. Typical doctor, never admitting you're wrong, even at the end of the universe. Big Finish. We love stories. Fantastic. Is that all the trainers? No, there's one more. Go so, on then. And it's actually um, coming out in just two months' time. This is the long-awaited trailer for Doctor Who, The Two Masters, our epic summer blockbuster starring Sylvester McCoy, Jeffrey Beavers and Alex McQueen. That sounds like two masters to me. Let's have a listen. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Can I come with you? I could show you the universe, if you wanted me to. Well, that's not good. But it's a dangerous place. If something is erasing parts of the time stream, I really couldn't guarantee your safety. Throughout all recorded history, blank patches of time spreading everywhere. Who is that? I'm called the Master. The notorious renegade Time Lord. Murderer of billions. Oh, stop it, stop it, stop it. You're making me blush. Your worst nightmare. Made flesh. The universe is sick, my friend. Soon. Very soon, it shall regenerate. What's going on? Survival, hopefully. Hold on. I'm not accustomed to taking orders. I am the master. There is a clue in the name. Doctor Who, the two masters. Please, take me with you. What's your name? Jemima. Nice to meet you, Jemima. Big finish. We love stories. Very good. There are the trailers. Amazing. Wonderful. Thank you, Joe. There'll probably be some new trailers online as well by the time this is out, so do have a look. He did a great gesture there. I do. All these... I don't know how to describe that. I don't know. Like it's, what was it? It's not a fist pump. It's like a reverse fist pump, isn't it? It's like a, a champion shocks jolly hockey sticks. I don't know. <laughs> what do you want? This is an audio podcast. <laughs> no more gestures. <laughs> And now, listeners, emails. Okay. <laughs> Great segue there. Thanks, boss. Right. So we're going to start off with this nice long email from Dimitri Cucklin. 
fingers crossed on the uh, pronunciation. <laughs> Hello, podcast. I have listened and enjoyed many companion chronicles. So when the range has been renewed with just single yearly box sets with first and second doctors switching places, I am in need to ask a few questions about the fate of the third Doctor Chronicles and many missing possibilities. In one of the early Vortex issues, uh, propositions have been made about the possibility of returning of the return of Sheridan Smith in the Companion Chronicles. And indeed, we have heard that these stories with the companions of the latest Doctor, The Magnificent Solitaire with Charlie Pollard, Intriguing Project Nirvana with Lysandra and Sally, The Brilliant Perry and the Piscon Paradox with Perry and the Piscon Paradox. <laughs> so would it be possible to record the Lucy Miller Chronicles since Sheridan already returned to Big Finish for future short trips? Let's pause the, uh, the the long email there. Answer that question. That question. That what? question about Sheridan the, Smith Companion Chronicles. Yes. What do I, we know, I know we want to do something else with Sheridan. I mean, she's she's already doing the short trips, uh, but uh, no precise news on that yet. But you know, hopefully, hopefully she'll come back to big finish again. What was there something about the third Doctor? Oh, we're getting on to that. Okay, I've, right. I've had to stop to have a glass of water. But we'll carry on. <laughs> um, the third Doctor has had many beautiful companion chronicles. The hilarious, the scorchies, nostalgic, the prisoner Peladon, stylish old soldiers, and many of these worked especially because of the Chronicles format. So now the third Doctor era lives on in the third Doctor adventures. Have you any more plans about a few more Companion Chronicles starring Katie Manning or Richard Franklin or even John Levine if we're very lucky? Uh, no plans at the moment, but that's something that I'm sure we'll revisit at some point. But yeah, we're concentrating on the Third Doctor adventures at the moment with Tim Trelaw as the Third Doctor and Katie Manning as Joe Grant. Fantastic. And in fact, the final part of this email is about the Third Doctor adventures. Oh. Since this year will be full of the Master's stories and we have an anniversary of the first appearance of Roger DeGarno's Master, oh. do you feel about how do you feel about the idea of recasting Roger DeGarno's Master for some future Tim Trelaw Third Doctor box sets. Well, you know, I I would love to do it, um, but um, I don't know. How do you feel about it, folks? People listening, what do you reckon? Yeah, I don't know. Why don't you send an email into podcast at bigfinish.com about that, about whether the Roger Delgado Master should be recast in a Third Doctor adventure with Tim Trelaw's The Third Doctor and uh, Katie Manning as Joe Grant. Jolly good. And do you know anything more while we're on the subject, Nick, about when the next set of Third Doctor Adventures may be released? I don't off the top of my you head. don't off right. the top of your head, but we are working on them, aren't we? Yeah, we, we are yes, working we are. on them. I've got scripts to read and I'm going to be directing one sometime in June, I think, early June. Oh, very exciting. So stay mm. tuned for more details on that. Uh, so our next email is from Philip Neve. Uh, how about some audio adventures starring the Schalke Doctor? I regularly purchase the Fourth Doctor audios from a vendor in the US, and I think it would be sublime to have Mr. Grant reprise his role for what might have been the Ninth Doctor. What might have been the Ninth Doctor? Yes. Yeah. Is that the end of the email? That is the end of the email. I'm gonna... Okay, and the, I think the answer is no, really. Hmm. I mean, um, it's what is it, Unbound? or what? It's difficult to place it. And also, I got the impression, I could be wrong, but that Richard E. Grant was more uninterested in doing it than it's possible to be uninterested in doing anything i mean he was yeah i mean he was brilliant as the great intelligence on tv you know and i think it'd be, it'd be great to work with him on some stories playing that character but i I'm, I'm with you as well it's like it is kind of interesting but 
I for one am more interested for instance with David Warner's Doctor because he's our Doctor and we already yeah. had loads of ideas from him to continue that is I think for Big Finish possibly more exciting than revisiting just an old idea it would kind of be like doing another Peter Cushing story you know it sounds okay but it wouldn't sound quite right we probably couldn't get it just as is I don't know. know I mean you know that Big Finish were going to do um, uh, another Richard E. Grant story oh I didn't for, know yeah, I didn't we know were going to do it for the BBC mm. um, but then the new series with Christopher Eccleston was announced I don't think Christopher Eccleston was announced at that point but mm. basically that's when um, the BBC said oh no you best not do that because there's going to be a new TV series but oh, well, I mean see. John Ainsworth had gone somewhere along the line he had the script commissioned and everything oh really to do yeah the, oh. that, the continuing as another um, and, uh, and a webcast, a webcast. That's, that's what it was back in those days so this is one from Matthew Rose and this is firstly before hello Matthew yes we know him well firstly before my question I would like to thank you folks for the amazing wonderful quality audio dramas that you produce uh, that seems fair enough thank you absolutely uh, <laughs> oh this is a related question given that the Companion Chronicles are now in the world of box sets I was wondering if Elliot Chapman and Annika Wills would be able to do some first Doctor stories set in that era even if they don't have a main actor playing the Doctor I wouldn't mind them sharing Hartnell's role oh well yes that's well within the world of possibilities that's all I'll say on that at the moment jolly good and our last email today is from Nathan Marlow he says hello I really enjoyed the Diary of River Song series 1 and I'm looking forward to the future releases as there's a lot of cool audios on your site there sure is <laughs> um, I was just wondering if you'd ever consider getting Matt Smith so we can ask that question but there's more of it yeah. into do a Trenzalore series to go alongside his Christmas special story personally I'd love to hear that one day well you know this question also came up this email actually comes up in the next issue of Vortex oh does it okay. yeah and uh, my answer is that we'd love to work with Matt Smith and uh, all, all ideas are possible and we've certainly um, spoken to Matt Smith's agent and had some positive indications he's just very very busy at the moment I know there was a recent press interview when he indicated that he hadn't been asked by Big Finish I'm not quite sure what that was about because he certainly has been asked and um, I don't and I asked him a couple of times personally in in person standing in front of him and he he of course none, things like this don't constitute contracts <laughs> but he said that I would love to do that so um, you know I'm very optimistic that Matt will come and do uh, Doctor Who for us someday but uh, I honestly I'm not uh, I don't I'm not keeping anything from you you know I haven't got a secret answer that I'm not allowed to tell you there's there's nothing actually on the table at the moment but I might that is the sound of me crossing my fingers <laughs> excellent and that's all the emails for today but do keep sending them in because they're always fun to read yes please do don't forget all you have to do is email at uh, podcast at bigfinish.com and we'll do our best to answer your questions won't we Joe? we sure uh, will or indeed just air all your comments time now to go over to me earlier on talking to ian atkins So yes, here I am talking to Ian Atkins. Hello, Ian. Hello, Nick. And you're producing the Companion Chronicles and short trips. Yeah, short, uh, monthly and, and subscriber. So it's uh... just imagine that there's a weird world where people don't know what either of those things are. If you could just quickly explain. Um, right. Well, the Companion Chronicles. Um, I mean, I've come on quite late for this, but I think the original idea was kind of being able to visit 
areas of Doctor Who that we weren't going to be easily able to, to visit. Um, but under sort of David Richardson's auspices, is that the right word? That's a lovely um, word. It's a lovely word. I can't <laughs> spell it. But um, um, yeah, that became a much bigger and greater whole and very varied. Um, while also being largely a, a companion's perspective and viewpoint of a kind of, I, I want to say normal Doctor Who adventure, but there's obviously no such thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we stopped doing them, didn't we? We stopped doing them, yeah. yeah. Um, I think in part because we, we discovered kind of other ways of visiting those eras as well um, and being able to tell bigger stories with the, the wonderful early adventures range. Um, but I think a lot of people really loved it and some of the aspects of what the Companion Chronicles can do, as with all our ranges, there's always something unique that makes makes them that range for a reason. And um, with the Companion Chronicles, it enabled us to be kind of a little more inside people's heads. Um, and I think they're more about that central person, so rather than a, a, you know, a nice bigger story. So, mm. um, and they, I mean, they're narrated, but there are sound effects, and um, it, it's more than, of drama. more than reading. It's yeah. a drama, absolutely. Yeah. Um, whereas the short trips is, is kind of probably, I think you've said this in the past, but it's kind of one of our most traditional in terms of audio books, if you yeah. will. It's a phrase I hate, but um, um, yeah, it's someone reading. It's um, it kind of harks back to the oldest form of storytelling, really, which is, is nice. Um, format with those is that we generally is a Doctor Who actor who does the reading. Uh, well, certainly with the monthly ones, the subscriber trips are a slightly different kettle of fish. Um, but yeah, I mean, a Doctor Who actor I mean, with eras that aren't represented easily on television. We have you know people like India Fisher involved with the Eighth Doctor, um, and yeah, they are prose stories which are read. There's a little illustration with sound effects, but we kind of keep eager, so we're keen to keep the the reader to the fore, really. And I think yeah. you know, given how hard they have to work in a day, because it is quite an intense day actually. Yeah. One of the agents when we were looking at a new talent booking for the future was asking what was the difference because they they were talking to they were representing someone who's done a lot of our stuff in studio but always full cast and performance and it's quite nice you go in for five minutes and you go and sit in the green room for a bit and I was having to say no they have to work really 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 hard yeah, this time you're and, on um, the whole time yeah. absolutely and it, it's a you know I, I come away from these these sessions and they're, they're, they're shorter days I think than normal but they're, they're hard work and you've got so much more admiration for the people who do it um, especially yeah. the ones who can change voices at a, you know, on a dime. It's amazing. It's a, it is, it's a particular skill, and it's almost it's not it's not actually acting. It's storytelling. It's a different it's a different part of acting, I suppose. But Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You often find that people who are really brilliant actors aren't maybe quite so good at doing a straight read. Yeah. And it is that thing where you see the pile of the script, and you think, oh, that's me. That's all me for the next however many hours. Absolutely. I mean, some of them would come into script, well, into studio normally with um, the, the fluorescent yellow strips on their little bits, and you think yeah. you'd be colouring the whole thing in. So. <laughs> they might as well dip it in a <laughs> vat of yellow highlighter. Yeah, there's a thought for them. And the companion, so the, the short trips are download only. That's right, yeah. And the companion chronicles are now going to be in box sets. That's right, yeah. It's. it's um, uh, one a year and so far we've done a first Doctor one and this we've is done Companion Chronicles yes Companion yeah. Chronicles and uh, yes yeah, and we're doing the second Doctor one as we speak actually so uh, a June release I believe and that's very much kind of um, I don't think we'd normally do this but it was kind of because it's the 50th anniversary with 
Patrick Trout starting, it, it was gave us a, a chance to kind of really celebrate that era, which is, um, and and you know every single every single one of the actors was kind of happy to get involved, which was, you know, really, it's a privilege to have worked with all of them in one go. It's, it's kind of not normally how the Companion Chronicles works. You tend to have one one of our sort of established actors and the second actor who may not have been in Doctor Who or someone. And um, this one, it's pretty much everyone in each story. So well, each right. pairing, I should say. Otherwise, people assume I'm doing some weird sort of five Doctor companion thing. So. That's not that. Um, going back to the first Doctor one, could you tell us, uh, give us a little tease about the stories in that, and then we'll have a listen to the trailer. Uh, well, the only one I was directly involved with was, was the last one, um, the sleeping. Well, I think it was the first one in the set. It was the last one to be recorded, but um, that was actually set before an OFHR, which was kind of we've done a couple of times, I think. But it was. And what's it called again? That one's called the Sleeping Blood, and that's kind of it was a point with that. Was I always love the idea that the Doctor gets changed by the people he encounters from Unearthly Child onwards. And it was a nice chance to kind of show him that first crack where he begins to realise that the universe is maybe a bigger place than he realises and, mm. and that changes are afoot. Um, but otherwise, I mean, you've got a kind of two... It's not really a two-parter, but you've got two Simon Gurria scripts that um, are linked, I think I should say, carefully without spoiling it. <laughs> and um, and Ian Potter kicks it all off as well with a Vicky story. And, um, yeah, it's... a Great trailer as well. So. Doctor Who, The Companion Chronicles, Volume 1, Box Set. Ian, Barbara, this is Vicky. I'm afraid things aren't going to plan. The logic traps failed, and they've got me and the Doctor already. Where are they? Where are the Doctor and Franklin? The fire in the sky. It consumed them. There's no time to lose. You must run! There must be a way to block the Butcher's signals. The nanomachines aren't autonomous. He's controlling them. Well, with the right equipment, I think I could rewrite the machine's programming, force them to ignore all subsequent external commands. You want equipment? You've come to the right place. You are on the colony planet Rua. Rua? This information is taken directly from the Encyclopedia Universica. All rights reserved. I have to rescue you. From this day forward, later, straight after these messages. Hatred, fear, and catharsis among the Wimbrels. But what about really clean? Game. Shame, arrogance, arrogance. greed, contempt, fear. What about real fighting man? It's grown too strong! I can't hold it back! Doctor! I flipped the switch and I cut the signal! Could that stop this thing? Or does it send it back with you to Earth? I'm going to flick it anyway. And there it was, the great trailer. Yes. So back to, you were talking about the second Doctor one. Yeah. Can you tease the story Absolutely, there without yeah, giving um, too much away? When did you say it was coming out? It's, it's a June release. June. So. A little while off. Yes, a little while off. Um, we've just signed off on the packaging, which looks lovely. And uh, the Simon Holub. I hope I'm pronouncing the right Simon um, cover. It's just gorgeous. We've always said Simon Holub, and he's never written in to say, no, it's Haloub. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it could be a silent bead, you know, uh, but Haloub. But, um, <laughs> yes. uh, but yeah, when that came in, it was just, you get kind That's of shivers. I've, I've never really, I think that's the first time I had a cover for something I'm producing come in, because the, the, the short trips are quite a, an iconic cover, so they're beautifully done. 
Yeah. How so, come you haven't got that one on the wall here? Um, I don't know, actually. I've, I have got a copy that I've got at home, actually. Oh, that's where it went. I, 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 <laughs> Quite right, I too. I got a copy printed so that Fraser and, and, yeah. and, and Debbie could, could hold it up and announce it. And, yeah, it was uh, a lovely photo to have. Yeah. And uh, somehow that hasn't made it into the office yet. So uh, I think that's It's on the wall in my deep den, so uh, <laughs> I might do that. It's beautiful, really, yeah, really. lovely. Um, I've complete. Oh, yes, yeah, so the teasing stories. and stuff. Yeah. So, yes, Tease um, me. I, I think all four of the writers are new to this range, Um I'm I'm one of them as well, which was kind of feels a bit impolitic to have <laughs> to have hired yourself, but uh, um, I do it all the time. Don't worry, you're in good company here. Excellent. <laughs> um, yeah, David Bartlett's I think wrote the one that was finished first. I suppose actually, no, let's do it in order. So the first story is called "The Mouth Is Dead." Um, and that's by a writer called John Pritchard, who had, I've known for years as a, a writer, and from what I understand, he was a horror novelist in the '90s un, under another name. Um, and he, Stephen King, <laughs> he's, 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 he's up there. Yeah. Um, who was the guy who used to write the Crabs novels? That was, I don't know, James Herbert. No, it was that all that ilk, wasn't yeah. it? I was whenever he's talking about his past, I think, oh, please don't be the the Crabs bloke. But um, I don't think <laughs> if he you're was. listening, Crabs bloke, sorry. <laughs> yes, um, and be the macro. Hey. <laughs> yeah, we're not going there. Oh, okay, okay never mind. And um, yeah, he, he'd written a couple of the subscriber short trips for me, and. Um, you do look at kind of how the process goes when you're dealing with a writer and like how many notes have you had to give how many drafts and and with him it was just like no that's pretty much finished great and um, so yeah when the Companion Chronicles came out I thought right I want, want him first and I sort of asked you always ask you know get someone to pitch ideas and, and his was uh, kind of ghost train and um it was it was something it was, it was an area it's one of these things you, you get the pitch and you go yeah that's probably right and then you read up on the internet and you think oh okay and, and it partly it's about the unknown warriors train and oh, this was a big thing this was it was kind of the diana funeral of its day which i had no idea on um but it's it's kind of all about that i wouldn't want to, i've probably said too much already i don't think so no no but I'm, it's I'm wonderfully spooky and um yeah, the, the atmosphere is, is just gorgeous. And, and I mean, very untypically for Companion Chronicle, we, we have three people in it. So we have um, Elliot Chapman reprising Ben and, and a number of other kind of crusty gentlemen that get encountered. And uh, it's quite nice having Elliot, actually, because we now know him as Ben, but obviously that's not his normal voice. So yeah, you so kind of get can... two actors for the price of one, which um, I think Jason's always happy when I do. So that's <laughs> good. Um, and yeah, and Annika Wills and, and Fraser Hines. So we, we, that's that first period of, of the Troughton era. Um, then we move on to the second one, which is Deborah Watling and Fraser Hines. Um, that's called The Story of Extinction. And that's the one I wrote. Um, and that one, um, it's kind of two plots going on at the same time. Um, there's a kind of character plot about how Jamie and Victoria kind of find a, a sort of, a, I want to say understanding, which just makes it sound far worse than it is. But it's, you know, you've got two people who have kind of come on board um, in different circumstances, but they're roughly the same age. Um, I mean, the series at the time wouldn't have explored that. I think the yeah. new series probably would have done. Yes, and, and it was that chance yeah. to kind of have them having conversations about it um, while also in the background there is this kind of plot going on about a, a planet that should be idyllic and, and no one can explain why it isn't but very very quickly it proves it's not so uh, uh, yeah that's where we went with that um, I was certainly when I was writing it those two it feels very sort of Hansel and Gretel you, you end up with these sort of two children lost in a forest kind of thing so. mm. 
Um, and then the third story is uh, David Bartlett, written by um, a story called The Integral. Oh, Integral. I've been saying that wrong for months. Everyone corrected me in the studio. It's Integral, Integral. <laughs> They've all got it Integral. Um, <laughs> and um, oh, I don't know how much to give away with this one. It's not... I think that the brief I gave to David was really, I don't care what you do, pitch pitch your ideas. But what I want is, because uh, I think if you're talking about the Troughton era, everyone talks about the kind of base under siege yeah, sure, eras. Yeah, yeah. And I, my pitch to him was I wanted a siege under base. Oh. I wanted you to have an environment and, and a colony or people who are under threat by monsters, but actually kind of play a bit more with the identity of who are people and who are monsters. Because again, it's yeah. something that Jamie, you know, he's always fighting monsters and you never really have that story where he actually gets to realise that not all monsters are, you know. That's nice, yeah. So, um, and I think it's a really nice script. Um, a really lovely performance by Wendy Padbury. Um, and of course, Fraser, he, he's sort of what they call the, the kind of, uh, how do we say this with the command chorus? But you, you get a, a narrator role and a non-narrator role. And Fraser, that's, that's the one story where he, he's in the non-narrator role. So it's just Jamie and the Doctor. But there is a really beautiful scene where it's kind of Fraser as Jamie kind of realising the world's a bit, or well, the universe is a bigger place. And um, yeah, I think all of these have got one scene where you just go, oh yes, I think it's like with all good stories. There's one bit where you think, oh, I'm really glad. Um, I mean, I don't know what you were like with War Doctor, but for me it's that, rowing boat scene and, ah. and, and there's always that one bit where you think oh gosh that's this is going to be great when I get in the studio and when there's some oh yeah and then and yeah and, and I mean, it's been a joy actually working with Fraser on all four of these and it's really kind of brought so much enthusiasm to it and and has played those crucial scenes better than you dare hope oh that's lovely uh, and then the final story is um, The Edge by Rob Nisbet and again, um, someone who'd written subscriber short trips for me and I, I knew you could kind of deliver. Uh, and this one went through a lot of evolutions and stuff. And it just always, always fascinates me what doesn't happen. But I think it's not fair to talk about those because people will go, oh, actually, I quite like that as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, and that, that kind of, that's, that's the only one that's got Fraser on his own. And that is pretty much just saying, right, OK, here's Jamie. Now, when you kind of take the others away how how far has he come what what's he he become and and yeah and it it kind of turns into certainly the second episode is definitely kind of um thematically similar to a bruce willis and vest film but which i will <laughs> but uh jamie in a vest yes <laughs> lovely um a vest and a kilt but that, that was, i mean and again there's a scene towards the end of that which is really kind of you think yeah no this is the point of this story was to really and i think actually that's one of the things you can make a point with the companion chronicle and it's kind of there to do that and, and certainly you should tell a good story and excite yeah. and, and and i hope that one excites as well it's um i'm still waiting for the last edits on that one and it's really looking forward to it um but yeah we worked with uh that's called robert whitelock on that who was um he was in the Bells of St John's on, on TV, but right. but also was in Who the. Did he play in that? Um, he's Celia Imrie's sort of. He, he's the chap, if you remember at the beginning, who gets his emotions turned down on an iPad. Yeah, I remember. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah he, he was also in Hercules with The Rock and uh, wow. was telling some very and interesting. John Hurt. Was it? John Hurt was in. I don't think in... he had shared any scenes because he was talking right. about sharing scenes with The Rock and and how much of what he did ended up on the cutting floor and it was <laughs> it was terribly sad because he was very good. And um, yeah, that always happens. Oh, it, that, you know, that yeah. happened to me in Torchwood. 
Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I did loads more than was uh, so, yeah. You're so right about that pivotal scene thing. Yeah. I've just listened to one in uh, one of the Tenth Doctor ones, just to tease, uh, Death and the Queen, and there's a particular scene in there written by James Goss that's just amazing. Yeah. And Catherine and David do it brilliantly, and you kind of, yeah. Woohoo, blimey! That is one amazing dress! Thanks. As a little girl, I never wanted to be a princess. Look at me now. I mean, it's 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 huge. You could make a blanket fort in there. Wow. You can't even compliment me on my wedding dress. Oh, come on. Blanket fort? Oh, no. No, you're right. Sorry. No. I'm sorry. Thanks. It's just a dress. No, I mean, I'm sorry because I lied to you. Oh? About what? I said I was fine. Fine about you leaving and... I'm not. So many of you have come and gone. I never get used to it. You think I would have done by now, but, but, but no. Just when I think it's all going well and we'll be together forever, you're wandering off to go and save another universe or get married. How do you lot fall in love so quickly? Well, I just don't get it. But it's, yeah, that. short lives, I suppose. Still, so long as you're happy and you're with the right man, and he is the right man. Uh, yeah, yes, he is. Yeah, of course uh, he is. Of course he is. I mean, I mean, well, no man's ever going to be good enough for my Donna, but yes, yes. <laughs> Off you go. Every time one of you leaves. I'm not ready. I never am. You lot. Ugh. Every one of you a heartbreaker. That's why you've got two of them, stupid. Listen, Yeah, I suppose, um, but it just doesn't make it any easier. You all leave. Even the robot dog left me twice. All right, Doctor, I am trying to And another thing. You. The universe just never gives me a break. Yeah, absolutely. I, I haven't been thinking of that recently, but you do. You zone in on one scene and yeah. you think, this I mean, I is think it. For some people, it's a different scene as well, but... Um, yeah. I mean, I, I just listened to um, more than this, the tortured one on the way into work oh, last yeah, week, yeah. which there's one scene had me crying on the train. And I have to say that doesn't happen very often at all. But um, yeah, and you think, no, actually, this is this is maybe a minute out of the whole thing. But for me, that's the minute I'm talking about now. But yeah. talk to other people. I'm sure there's, there's, there's a scene in the art gallery in that story, which is hilarious, but didn't make me cry on the train quite no. so much. So. I'll cry with laughter. No. Yeah. Um, now, you keep mentioning uh, subscriber short yes. trips. Some people might be thinking, whoa, whoa, what? what's that? Could you explain that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know how far back this tradition went, but um, the idea was that when you subscribe to Big Finish, not only do you, you save considerable amount of money in... in across instead of buying those releases separately um, but we kind of wanted to make it more worthwhile even more so and one of the ways of doing that aside from doing things like the extended extras and, and indeed scripts which is always nice to read um, it was a chance to give away a completely free but you know a brand new recording of, of a Doctor Who story um, done by a a reader who would you know knows big finish inside out generally so and which is really nice because you kind of get all sorts of flavors and um that's a vehicle reversing by the way not a doctor who monster coming in there that's that's quite an all-pervading sound it is it's a bit it like, sounds um, like something from the patrick Troughton era actually yes there we go and um <laughs> these are uh, attached to specific releases in yes. the doctor who monthly main range yeah, which we, feature the fifth sixth and seventh doctors that's right yeah. we we've now got it so that the releases are march june september and december so it's nice quarterly it's nice and regular um, knowing that you've got um, December means that you can think about things like Christmas stories, maybe. Um, and and it just pops into your download account. That's right. It's part it's, of the extra material available. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Just straight away downloadable. Across the years with it, there have been a number of different readers. Uh, I think John Banks has done some. I think you did Museum Piece, which was Goodness the first me. one in the in the order. Goodness. But I've, I've been using an app called Stephen Critchlow, who oh, yeah. I've, I've got a bit of a man crush 
for actually because <laughs> he's, he's a lovely just guy, isn't fantastic. he? Fantastic. Yeah. But he's, I mean, he's, he's also got... starring in a series of adverts on the television at the moment. In <sighs> see, the I never UK. does he like us talking about those because every time I see him in the studio, I want to say, "Oh, you are fantastic in that um, company." I, I, can we talk about commercialities? But I don't know. It's, it's they sell beds and things. Yeah, it's made they? of a certain wood. Oh, oh, yeah. Yes, I can't remember. And, anyway, um, yeah. Yeah, and you think, you know, you're an actor, you've done your training. He's, he's done a lot of radio. And, oh, loads. And, he was in the BBC Radio Rep. Absolutely. He's and, a really and yet, the only thing actor. I wanted to say to him was, oh, I just saw your latest advert with you in the bath and stuff. And um, I'm sure he'd be delighted. I hope so, because I was thinking, no, you know, it's still great work. And it's when fun I get an email from him, it's from his wife. His address is, is, yeah, is a female name. Well, like, I always find it weird that his, even his agent refers to him as Critch. And I've yet <laughs> to be able to bring myself to kind of be that familiar with him, even though. We've had long conversations. He, he's roughly my age, so and he's a huge Doctor Who fan. And, he is, yeah. And his education was, was Target books bought from WH Smith, which of a certain age, that's how you, you got it. And um, yeah, no, I, I was in the studio with him on, I think, Gallery of Ghouls, which, um, if I remember rightly, is coming out very soon. It is, yes. Um, and yeah, he, he just did that's this... a Tom Baker story. Yeah, and, and he did this Doctor. brief throwaway impression of Tom Baker, as, as indeed everyone in studio seems to. <laughs> of course. And um, I, don't know what you I just kind of thought, ooh, that would be interesting. And then I very kind of sneakily commissioned, when I was doing the first run of the short trips, I sneakily commissioned a Tom Baker story, or Fourth Doctor, sorry, and um, got him to read it. And it's, it's an accuracy that he brings to all the other eras. Um, and people, I mean, his reading of Leela clearly does not sound anything like Louise Jameson, but you kind of realise what a good reader can do with rhythm and yeah. and how to sound like someone else's voice isn't just tone, but, but is rhythm. And it's, um, oh, it's no, been quite absolutely. weird at times, but he, he reads it beautifully. And um, and yeah, my favourite thing is he, he does voice research. So when you look at his, if you get a chance to look at his script when he comes in, he's he's got the cast list and he writes next to it, you know, a notable British actor. So this character will be John Woodvine. Or, yeah, and, yeah. And, and um, oh, he's not doing impressions, but that's how he remembers that's his to starting switch point. in. Yes. yes. Oh no, that's um, I've I've been guilty of that in the past. I, yeah. it seems to be a I sometimes approach. put the name of an actor, but then say, but but Spanish. Oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, was it John Sessions? Oh, John Sessions. Did a voice for us once where he or he was demonstrating it where he was doing Al Pacino but in Coronation Street. Oh, <laughs> so can you imagine this sort of Mancunian accents but Al Pacino's vocal tones? <laughs> it was brilliant, and he, he loved mixing them all up like that. Listen, now, um, obviously, all I normally ask people what's tingling their molecules or agitating them. You I get don't know about that already. <laughs> about Big Finish but I suppose all the stuff you're working on that's agitating your molecules is there anything else that you've listened to recently that you've particularly um, liked I think it's very little I didn't actually I mean you're just generally tingled I am I mean I think working for Big Finish is, is a big tingle from start to finish um, I have to say I love The Prisoner and I know you're sitting in front of me and it no, sounds like well, I'm just cozying up to the boss but I don't mind I really enjoyed that and I was saying earlier actually of all the performances Helen Goldwyn is the one that terrified me the most, actually. As the village voice. Yeah. Yeah, She's yeah. like the most sinister answer phone ever. It's it's wonderful. Um, so insanely happy. Oh, I, I mean, I really am loving the torture releases. I, oh, I kind of too. didn't expect to, because it. I kind of, I think I bailed on the last year of that, the American series, and, and didn't really expect to. And no, I've, I've, and also not being quite as close to that production as I am with the others. Mm-hmm. I have not read the scripts, and I've, 
kind of it's nice to have a surprise actually that's the one down or drawback of working with a big finish is that yeah. you don't get surprised very it's, much and you're you're right it is lovely isn't it to have that surprise and i've yeah although i have seen some of the scripts they are great aren't they yeah loving it and, and there's some great performances in there as well i mean really um, good and the pacing of it i mean i, I love the uh, fall to earth um yeah yeah the that i'd I looked at it afterwards and I couldn't believe how long it had been because it felt like a short story at about 15 minutes. It was, uh, um, yeah, brilliant performance in that. Absolutely. But I mean, I'm also loving The War Doctor. I mean, just the chance to have John Hurt in your headphones of something that your company has produced is... It's incredible, that's actually. That's amazing. Yeah. It seems so long ago to me and yet there are more box sets to come so I'll be listening to more soon. What about outside of Big Finish in entertainment? What What is agitating your um, molecules in a positive fashion? Uh, Fallout 4 is taking a lot of my time and, and threatening me with divorce, um, which is a PlayStation game. Oh, right. Okay. Um, See, I've, oh, I'm, I, I, wasn't, so I was really enjoying Elementary, actually, the Johnny Lee Miller take oh, right. on never Sherlock seen Holmes. It. Um, where, where will people find that? I think that's available on DVD and, and I'm not sure which terrestrial channels. Yes, that, that, yeah. things of that kidney, yeah. <laughs> which I love saying. Um, I, know, I, I mean, to be fair at the moment, it's kind of... Work at the big finish. Then you've got. I'm listening to stuff coming in, coming, going home again. Because a lot, I'm still catching up on things that I kind of meant to listen to months ago, and um, you just kind of get around to it eventually. Yeah. And just when you think I'm, you're getting there. I mean, so, I mean, as a producer, you obviously, as, as you'll be aware, there'll often be a day when you'll get an edit in, and you always have to listen to that as quickly as yeah. possible. So, yes, and you can't you know, do it quickly, can you? You have it has exactly. to take the whole and it time. Has to, to be done to. quietly, so you, it can't yeah. be done on the train. So, um, yeah. So just as you're about to cozy down with Doom Coalition Two, suddenly you've got the latest short trip pop up, and you think, okay, fair enough, and I'm looking forward to this, but I just wanted to relax a bit. So uh, yes. So I must say, I've tried to listen to things on trains and issued notes and said, I can't hear blah blah blah. And they go. But it is there, and then I listen to it not on a yeah. train, and then realise it is. Yeah. Mind you, some people do listen to our stuff on trains, so maybe Absolutely. it's a valid note. I don't know. It could be. <laughs> um, yeah, it depends how loud as well. I, yeah. I, I tend to be very cautious about blasting my eardrums, so I tend to yeah. have it down a bit lower, and I think maybe you don't. There's a thing on my new iPhone where it shows the volume going into the red. Is that showing... Is that like, that's the danger zone. Oh, but I can't so. hear it until it's well into there, but that's because I'm old and deaf, Ian. Well, <laughs> you've spent years with headphones on and it's... And indeed, it's I've got a one thing. now. So, yeah. Um, yeah sort of Pete Townsend talking about years with loud, loud sounds. It's the same for music editors, I think. So. It is. It is. It really so, is. Um, anyway, thank you very much. Not at all. Um, I suppose you better get back to it now. Yes, please. <laughs> all right. <laughs> So there you are. That was uh, possibly everything you needed to know or less or more about the Companion Chronicles and short trips from Ian there. Now it's time for a random recommended release from the Big Finish archives. Joe is busily looking at the Big Finish archive now to pick one. What have you come up with, Joe? I have come up with... Let's do one of these bad boys down here. Which one do I like? Just put your finger out and and pick one. <laughs> I wonder what that one was. Oh, you'll never know. Uh, ah, this one. Let's do this. So this is. So don't tell me until you sit down opposite your microphone. <laughs> Here see. I am. 
So we've today we've chosen to go of our companion chronicles theme. Uh, we've chosen James Goss's Doctor Who: The Last Post, oh, yes. starring Caroline John, and this is a lovely green cut version of the cover. Oh yes, nice. the green logo, yeah. Um, so and that was the last one Carrie did for us. Wasn't it is it? sadly, but sadly what died. a story to go out on. I mean, frankly, this this is fantastic. Um, it's possibly going to spoil it a little bit more if we tell you too much about what's in it because it draws on a lot of previous adventures for the Doctor and for Liz. Um, but do you want to read the back out? Because you've got a nice speaking voice. People are, no, all right. People are dying. Just a few over a period of months. But the strange thing is that each person received a letter predicting the date and time of their death. Throughout her time as the Doctor's assistant, Liz Shaw has been documenting these passings. Her investigation ultimately uncovers a threat that could lead to the end of the world. But this time, Liz has someone to help her. Her mother. There you go. Fantastic. With a bit of editing, that sounded brilliant. Fantastic, good job. <laughs> I mean, what a story this was. Um, before I started working for Big Finish, Obviously, I tried to collect as much as I could, but this is one of the ones I went out and bought the day it came out. Because wow. uh, it is, it's absolutely wonderful. Um, I think, I think in the in the kindest way, Caroline is one of the was one of the most underappreciated Doctor Who companions. And every time I watch any of her four stories, I think she's absolutely fantastic. I uh, agree so wholeheartedly, Joe. Yes, I love to watch her. She's brilliant. I mean, especially in um, was it watching the other night, Inferno, which is playing the evil. Yeah, her common version is. I mean, really so nice, subtle performance. Absolutely, she 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 knew exactly how to take each scene and play it out to the how it should be, get the most out of it. Even though a lot of you know, in the nice way, a lot of her characters is standing around having test tubes and being quite smart and knowing all the answers so unlike other companions she doesn't stand there and go oh doctor what's going on she's like you idiot why don't anybody understand we'll carry on the story nonetheless but she's great I really wish I mean you know obviously Joe Grant was brilliant and it was lovely to have her but I really wish that Liz Shaw had done more Mm. I really do it was one of my great pleasures to meet Carrie uh, you know to uh, work with her on a video where she was playing um, a detective chief inspector and I was her detective inspector sort of assistant and we had such a fun time basically being in the bill together and that was great spouting all sorts of jargon and then I interviewed her for the myth makers videos and we just had such a fun time because we'd spent a couple of weeks filming something beforehand so you know uh, keith barnfather who produced the myth makers saying what is it with you guys why are you, why are you just larking around so much and she was always absolutely delightful and i was uh, obviously deeply saddened when she sadly died and uh, yeah yeah lovely lovely lady i feel privileged to have known her and yeah she's great in this she's absolutely fantastic just to prove it here's the trailer Doctor Who The Companion Chronicles The Last Post Dear Mum I was wondering if you'd had any more thoughts on predestination as I was going through the possessions of the head of the research establishment here I found another of those letters playing second fiddle and to a man Mum Mum he's an alien Is he green? Actually, he looks a bit like Uncle Bernard. The Doctor burst in all triumphant. Liz, your mother is charming. We swiftly called his device the Apocalypse Clock. This world does not have long left. My name is Liz Shaw, and I've come come to stop stop the end of the world. There we are. Wonderful. Randomly and um, precisely recommended. (laughs) 
Time now to just round up the latest releases, Joe. Wonderful. So coming up this week, we have two very exciting releases. First of all, Sheridan Smith returns to the world of Doctor Who as Lucy Miller in a brand new short trip adventure, The Curse of the Fugue, by Alice Cavender. Yeah, yes, excellent. Got it is right. Is in fact her name. Didn't have it written down. It could be Cavender. Cavender. We'll mispronounce it. Just really. Elise Cavender. Elise Cavender. <laughs> Jolly good, Elise. And finally, the next, perhaps even more long awaited, uh, finally released out of over about 18 months of development. Blake 7, The Liberator Chronicles, Volume 12. Woohoo. Will soon be released any day now. It's very exciting. It's got Paul Darrow, Jan Chappell, Stephen Pacey, and Michael Keating. Uh, together in the final Liberated Chronicles box set which ties up the whole series completely after all the various mentions and all 11 boxes before it's got David Warner in it too it does have David Warner in it returning again and it's an epic battle to save the galaxy well said Joe smashing those are the latest releases time now to tell you what's coming up in the next podcast this is a fingers crossed moment because what i hope to do is interview my co-executive producer and boss jason hay gallery he'll be talking about all things big finish and more if i know him um so we're, we're looking forward to that i've just sent off an email to him saying come on when are we doing this interview because he always says he'd like to be in the podcast more as indeed he should be right um time to say goodbye Goodbye. Oh, that was an interesting goodbye. In just a few moments, part three of our nine-part serialisation of Sherlock Holmes, The Hound of the Baskervilles. I'd like to sum up the story, but all sorts of stuff has just happened. There's a monster. It's going down. (laughs) As far as I remember... Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson have now met Henry Baskerville, who is about to go to Baskerville Hall on Dartmoor. But strange things have happened and Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson have seen a carriage following Henry Baskerville to his hotel. And inside it was a man with a beard. Part three, coming up now. Sir Henry Baskerville was expecting us, but before we were shown up, Holmes requested of the clerk that he review the hotel register. The book showed that two names had been added after that of Baskerville. One was Theophilus Johnson and family of Newcastle, the other Mrs Oldmore and maid of High Lodge Alton. We have established a most important fact, Watson. We know now that the people who are so interested in our friend have not settled down in his own hotel. My dear fellow, what on earth is the matter? As we came round the top of the stairs, we had run up against Sir Henry Baskerville himself. His face was flushed with anger, and he held an old and dusty boot in one of his hands. I only had three pairs of boots in the world. The new brown, the old black, and the patent leathers which I am wearing. Last night they took one of my brown ones, and today they have sneaked one of the black. Well, well, Mr. Holmes, you'll excuse my troubling you about such a trifle. It seems the very maddest, queerest thing that ever happened to me. Mm, This case of yours is very complex, Sir Henry. 
when taken in conjunction with your uncle's death. I am not sure that I have handled one which cuts so deep. We had a pleasant luncheon in which little was said of the business which had brought us together. It was in the private sitting-room to which we afterwards repaired that Holmes asked Baskerville what were his intentions. I intend to go to Baskerville Hall at the end of the week. On the whole, I think that your decision is a wise one. Uh, you did not know, Dr. Mortimer, that you were followed this morning from my house. Followed? By whom? That, unfortunately, is what I cannot tell you. Have you among your neighbours or acquaintances on Dartmoor any man with a black, full beard? Why, yes. Barrymore. Sir Charles's butler is a man with a full black beard. We had best ascertain if he is really at the hall, or if by any possibility he might be in London. You must have a telegram sent to Barrymore asking if all is prepared for your arrival, and make certain that it is to be delivered only into Barrymore's own hands. Very well. Only into Barrymore's own hands. I'll see to it immediately. Uh, did Barrymore profit at all by Sir Charles's will? He and his wife had five hundred pounds each. Ah. Uh, did they know that they would receive this? Yes. Sir Charles was very fond of talking about the provisions of his will. That is very interesting. I hope that you do not look with suspicious eyes upon everyone who received a legacy from Sir Charles, for I also had a thousand pounds left to me. There were many such sums to individuals and public charities. The residue all went to Sir Henry. And how much was the residue? The total value of the estate was close on to a million. Dear me, it is a stake for which a man might well play a desperate game. And one more question, Dr. Mortimer. Supposing that anything happened to your young friend here, you will forgive the unpleasant hypothesis. Who would inherit the estate? Since Roger Baskerville, Sir Charles's younger brother, died unmarried, the estate would descend to a distant cousin, James Desmond, an elderly clergyman in Westmoreland. And have you made your will, Sir Henry? No, Mr. Holmes, I have not. I have had no time. But in any case, I feel that the money should go with the title and estate. Quite so. Well, Sir Henry, I am of one mind with you as to the advisability of your going to Devonshire without delay. There is only one provision which I must make. You certainly must not go alone. Will you be accompanying us, Mr. Holmes? If matters came to a crisis, I should endeavour to be present in person. But with my extensive consulting practice, it is impossible for me to be absent from London for an indefinite time. Whom would you recommend, then? If my friend would undertake it. Dr. Watson is better worth having at your side when you are in a tight place than any other man. The proposition took me completely by surprise, but before I had time to answer, Baskerville seized me by the hand and wrung it heartily. Well, now that is real kind of you, Dr. Watson. You see how it is with me, and you know just as much about the matter as I do. If you will come down to Baskerville Hall and see me through, I'll never forget it. I will come with pleasure. I do not know how I could employ my time better. And you will report very carefully to me when a crisis comes, as it will do. I will direct how you shall act. On Saturday, unless you hear to the contrary, we shall meet at the 10.30 train from Paddington. Holmes and I returned to Baker Street, and in the intervening days, we heard from Baskerville that he had received notice via telegram that Barrymore was indeed in residence at the hall. There is nothing more stimulating than a case where everything goes against you.
I journeyed with Holmes to the station and met with Sir Henry Baskerville and Dr. Mortimer. After reiterating his desire for me to keep him abreast of developments, simply to report facts in the fullest possible manner, as he had it, and ensuring that I was armed, Holmes closed the door of our first-class carriage and bid us farewell. As we travelled away from London, I learned from Sir Henry that he had never recovered his second missing boot. Thereafter, the journey was a swift and pleasant one, and I spent it in making the more intimate acquaintance of my two companions. In a very few hours, the brown earth had become ruddy, the brick had changed to granite, and red cows grazed in well-hedged fields where the lush grasses and more luxuriant vegetation spoke of a richer, if a damper, climate. Over the green squares of the fields and the low curve of a wood, there rose in the distance a grey, melancholy hill with a strange, jagged summit, dim and vague in the distance, like some fantastic landscape in a dream. Young Baskerville stared eagerly out of the window with his tweed suit and his American accent in the corner of a prosaic railway carriage, and yet... As I looked at his dark and expressive face, I felt more than ever how true a descendant he was of that long line of high-blooded, fiery, and masterful men. There were pride, valour, and strength in his thick brows, his sensitive nostrils, and his large hazel eyes. If on that forbidding moor a difficult and dangerous quest should lie before us, this was at least a comrade for whom one might venture to take a risk with the certainty that he would bravely share it. The train pulled up at a small wayside station, and we all descended. Outside, beyond the low white fence, a wagonette with a pair of cobs was waiting. Our coming was evidently a great event, for station master and porters clustered round us to carry out our luggage. It was a sweet, simple country spot, but I was surprised to observe that by the gate there stood two soldierly men in dark uniforms who leaned upon their short rifles and glanced keenly at us as we passed. The coachman, a hard-faced, gnarled little fellow, saluted Sir Henry Baskerville. After a short journey on the broad white road, the wagonette began curving upward through deep lanes worn by centuries of wheels. High banks on either side, heavy with dripping moss and fleshy heart's tongue ferns. Bronzing bracken? and mottled bramble gleamed in the light of the sinking sun. Still steadily rising, we passed over a narrow granite bridge and skirted a noisy stream which gushed swiftly down, foaming and roaring amid the grey boulders. Yellow leaves carpeted the lanes and fluttered down upon us as we passed. The rattle of our wheels died away as we drove through drifts of rotting vegetation. Sad gifts, as it seemed to me, for nature to be throwing before the carriage of the returning heir of the Baskervilles. What's that? 
A steep curve of heath-clad land lay in front of us. On the summit, hard and clear like an equestrian statue upon its pedestal, was a mounted soldier, dark and stern, his rifle poised ready over his forearm. He was watching the road along which we travelled. Our driver, Perkins, informed us that a convict had escaped from the nearby Princetown prison. He had been out three days now, and the warders were watching every road and station, but with no sight of him yet. When the driver gave the name of the escapee as Selden, I recalled he was the man known as the Notting Hill Murderer. Holmes had taken an interest in the case on account of the peculiar ferocity of the crime and the wanton brutality which had marked all the actions of the assassin. With these dark thoughts brooding on my mind, we travelled on until we found ourselves looking down into a depression, patched with stunted oaks and firs which had been twisted and bent by furious storms over the years. Two high, narrow towers rose over the trees. The driver pointed with his whip, and Sir Henry rose in his seat. This was Baskerville Hall. Junk mail, your ex's sweater, hopes, dreams or goldfish down this toilet. 